Just a quick warning, this podcast series contains discussions about crime, trauma, sexual abuse, drug use and suicide. Listener discretion is advised. I used to rob banks in the 80s and 90s and did 23 years in prison in three different states. It took 30 years to talk about the sexual abuse that happened to me and the spiral into crime, addiction and depression that all occurred as a result. Now, having turned my life around, I talk openly to inspirational people about trauma, survival, transformation and hope. I am Russell Manser and this is The Stick Up. Wayne Cleveland was a big wave rider and a thrill seeker. He chased the biggest waves all around the world. And then he chased bigger thrills by importing drugs. Ended up serving 10 years. He got out with uh, a newfound attitude. He didn't want to chase frills no more. He wanted to help others. Today, he's a mentor to the kids around Maroubra. Welcome to the Stick Up, Wayne Cleveland. Mate, thanks, Russell. Pleasure yeah. to be here, mate. Thanks for the thanks for offering me this. Mate, I've got you here because you, you, you're dead set one of the most charismatic people I know. And um, you're, you're, you've always got a really... You're one of these guys that's like the a Teenage Newton turtle you know what i mean that's always fucking cal- you know <laughs> that that surfy dude that's always got a positive outlook and that's always chasing you know chasing the excitement um mate tell us a bit bit about you where'd you grow up uh, i grew up in maruba mate yeah yeah how's the mission area you know what i mean uh, f- f- full of uh rat bags as you might say <laughs> yeah <laughs> but good rat bags you know good i, I I'm just, it's funny you know you say that because i grew up in mount Druitt and and in prison and in the boys homes the maruba boys and the mount Druitt boys just were close it was like well the same people but you guys had surfboards well the funny thing is is this is what um someone said to me years ago honestly this is how they described maruba mate it's, they said it's mount Druitt on the beach yeah that's yeah. what they said mate you you're, you're a guy that's well renowned in all circles and for being a thrill seeker, you're you know big wave rider, uh, mate. Just where did that all where did that all come from? Where did it all kick off? It's hard to, to pinpoint like where it actually kind of started. Yeah. Well, it, well, obviously it started when I was a little bit younger. You know, I was always getting into trouble at school, and and I was always taking that extra little bit of chance at yeah, things. Yeah. You know, so so perfect example. Like like I look back now, just complete stupidity. I've been kicked out of every school I went to. Yeah. Right. Just. Just sheer shenanigans, right? Yeah. Telling teachers to fuck off and whatever's and, you know, carrying on. I'll get to Maroubra Bay High School, right? This is in year eight. Yeah. And um, this is like, this is, this. I mean, how old are you in year eight? What, yeah. Like what? Yeah, 14. 14, yeah. Right? So I'm with a good mate of mine and I won't mention his name, but he's a character too. So for some reason, I come up with this idea, let's blow up the science lab. <laughs> Right, so so fair income. Like, like seriously, if I, like if it went off, or like looking back, the whole fucking thing, I would I'd be I'd be dead. But, you know, so what I did was, I, I closed all the windows, turned all the butts and burners on, right, and because we were the last to leave, me and my mate, and we and, and we went out, and then what I did was I cracked the window open, right. So we could throw a book of matches in. Mm. So I went around the side, right? Everyone's out lunch and everyone's going in. They fuck all the butts and burners on. And here I am, right? The match and, and sticking in, in in the book of mm. uh, um, matches mm. and trying to throw it through the window yeah. to fucking blow. The, like, do you imagine how close that is? Yeah, yeah. Like, you, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, right. Oh yeah, mate! Oh, fuck, I fucking would have blew the score. Would have blew me up and my mm. mate. So. 
that's and that's yeah. back then. Like yeah, by, yeah. The, by this stage, I've already been kicked out of two other schools prior to this. I was just look, you know, I was always a respectful kid, yeah, but I was always naughty. Yeah, yeah. And we all like with the surfing, like we like how old were you when you obviously you grew up on the beach, so you grew up with a surf. Well, mate, to be honest, I, I, out of all our crew, I was the last one to come in. Like yeah. I, I really didn't start surfing until about year six. Yeah, 12, yeah. Yeah, so, and all the other boys were, even though I was always down the beach, yeah. my parents always took me to the beach, so I did grow up around the beach and stuff, but I never really surfed. Yeah, yeah. Just one day, I kind of just picked it up, and just come, was just hanging down with the boys, and they were all surfing and stuff, and I always seen them at school, because mm. we went to Marslin, mm. and at that stage, it was year five and six was down at Coogee, mm. I think it's Bridgetine now, so, um, on uh, Coogee Bay Road there, and so, uh, I just kind of, Went from there, I kind of picked up a surfboard. I started riding, riding uh, like a cool light, and the cool light was I had the cool light for years yeah. because my parents never had any money. That's like a foam type board, isn't <coughs> yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, it's a foam board. Yeah. So, like, I, and it just one thing led to another. And I, I honestly believe man, that was my saving grace. Cause yeah. If I didn't, I don't, I feel that if I didn't have that type of that little bit of structure in my life, because mm. I was such a naughty kid, mm. like, who knows what. Yeah, where I could have that energy yeah. would have been focused on. Yeah, so you're focused a lot of your energy into your surfing and and and, and uh, you know with surfing comes travel, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's hand in hand. Yeah. It's hand in hand. So my first trip was sixteen. Mm. I, was, I went to Bali when I was sixteen with a, a couple of older blokes, mm. and I'd been promised by my mother mm. that she would pay for the trip. Mm. Well. Obviously, finances and stuff, she couldn't do it. She says, listen, if you want to go, you've got to do it by yourself. Mm. So I went, all right, fucking done. Mm. So what I did was I got a job at the pie shop in the morning. Mm. So I would do all the pastries, make all the pie bases mm. and fill the pies up and stuff. Mm. Went to school, come home, come out of school, surfed, mm. worked at the uh, on the classic surf shop at mm. um, Rubra. Mm. And after that, jumped on the bus, went home. Because I lived in the houses at Daisyville. Mm. Right, so that was a, like a little bit of bus ride, you know, mm. maybe 15 minute bus ride. Mm. And then I'd get on, uh, go to the news agents, and I was the paper boy. Mm. You know what I mean? We're sort of paper yeah, that a good work. That's a pretty good work ethic for a, a 16 year old kid. Yeah, you know? mate. Yeah, you're like, obviously, as I got older, that, 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 that work ethic kind of, I lost that. You, mm. you know what I mean? But as a young kid, mate, my work ethic was fucking solid. Yeah. That took you to Bali, and how was that first trip over there? Oh, it was, it was insane. Yeah. It was insane. Did but, you get the travel bug from it? <clears throat> The thrill of that, and just meeting everybody. Like I'm, I, I can I can get on with anyone. Mm. You know, no, it doesn't matter because on the street, man. Like I'll, I'll always throw a couple of dollars in there for yeah, them, mate. So. Mate, you, you don't know what hardship they've yeah. been through and why they're actually there. Yeah. You know, like I can get on with them. Mate. I can get on with the richest people. Like my kids went to like super fancy schools and that when they were, when they were growing up. Like I go on with all those type of parents. Maruba's a funny mix. I was just talking to someone this morning about it. It was about it's a funny mix. There's a lot of wealthy people and there's the houses and it's sort of. There's a real mix of both, isn't there? You know what I mean? There's no sort of middle class. It's like upper and lower class sort like, of. Straight up. It's, it's, it's like you're in uh, South America. Like yeah. South America, like you're extremely rich yeah. or you're poor. Marupa's the same, mate. On one side of the street, right, full houses, like complete utter houses. And on the other side, mate, you've got three, four million dollar mansions. Mm. Like so, so there is a full on mix. Yeah, yeah. But back, but back in, the, in the day, like it's more mixed now. 
Yeah, yeah. Like, even more than before. Before, there was always that separation. Yeah. You know, like, like those people over the cross road, they didn't really associate with us. Yeah. But how's those? Yeah. Those little kids with rat bags and running around with mohawks and yeah. shit and, you know, blowing up letterboxes. <laughs> just kid Extremists. But Maroubra, Maroubra, like all the guys I've ever known, I, I can remember the first guy I met from Maroubra was Jason Lachlan. I met him when I was 15 at Derrick Boys. I mean, he's a legend. And everything he said, brah! <laughs> In my rainbow, you know what I mean. Maruba Republican Army, and you yeah. know what I mean. That that guy, I just love him. You know what I mean. He's just he's outlook, and it's always, you know, the majority of guys I've come across from Maruba have that outlook. It's like fucking life's great. Yeah, embracing it, mate. The, you know what? Most of us are, are like that. I'm probably a little bit more extreme. I'm, I'm ADD. Like, yeah, you know, like I, mate, for me. You'll hear me before you see me in the surf. Yeah, yeah what's doing, brother? Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. the bra comes from Marubra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, the, yeah. One, of, one of those things, and it's one of those sayings, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's, and, and like you said, most of us are pretty happy, jovial people. Right? Yeah. We really are, you know? Let's touch on that, that, that frill chasing stuff. So, you know, eventually with the surfing, you went all around the world, you know, uh, uh, and then, and, well, you know, and, and let's touch on, you know, what led you to. Sort of bringing, you know, your cocaine experiences. Like, I was always a fucking good time boy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, in the surf, in yeah. the water. Yeah. I was always uh, <laughs> having a good time. Maybe yeah. even, like, even now, you know what I yeah. mean? Even on a bad day, I'm fucking sick as, you know, and if COVID halfway dying in the hospital, I'm going, fuck, it's good to be there. You, you, you know, so I've always been an op- opportunist. Yeah. Opportunities arose when I was a kid. Mm. And I just went, yeah, I should fucking do that. I never once thought about it for a fucking second this mm. is how i describe things to people not many of my mates ever did this you know that. Mm. Mm. like back because i did this for, for eight years by myself about three to five times a year i was traveling that much so i was coming so back what, when foot. you say you did it like you, you done an import <coughs> yeah yeah strapped up strapped up walking through the airport mate fucking in and out burger stoned ass yeah. just punched 10 you know what i mean you just, <laughs> I, 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 I swear in my life right you can even ask my, yeah. the boys that know me right yeah. they will fucking tell you i didn't even flinch mate like the boys would drop me off at the airport so you're on a plane you jump let's just let's just paint a picture for me all right so i'm up there I booked in what I need to book in. Usually about two and a half, three kilos, one person. That's that's you can't do any more. Yeah. It's too big. It's too bulky. You have your you, you're strapping down, right? So what you do is you have the product in one room, right? Yeah. You go in, you roll it out, and you fucking wrap it. Five mil. Yeah, or you know, like a pizza yeah. thick. You know, yeah. the base of the pizza, yeah. right? So and then you and, you and you you contort around your body. Boom, boom. Yeah. You wrap it around. Then what I would do, I'd wrap that right. We I have another mate. He'd come in and he'd spray it and wipe it off, and we'd move it in to the lounge room. Mm. By this stage, I go into the shower, mm. have a shower, rip all the gear off that I just had on. No particles on me in case you get swabbed or whatever mm. reason. That's when he comes in after he sprayed everything and then he wraps me up mm. and then I put my clothes on. And I would always put like a, a nice white singlet on mm. and then I'd, I'd strap it to the white singlet mm. and like I'd have tights on around mm. my legs. Mm. So, and then I would wear a pair of boardies. I always always try to wear the minimalist of clothes. Yeah. So if you big and you're fucking bogging, it's the yeah. middle of summer yeah, and yeah. you're rolling through the air, mate, you go, yeah. look at this fucking, mate, he's got jeans on, jumper, jacket, you, you know. Mm. See, back in the day, you could walk through so casually through yeah. LA. You, you could. Is that and where then, you predominantly come from, LA? Or? Yeah, only LA, mate. It's the only, mm. that's the only airport I used. And was there a stopover or anything? Like? <laughs> direct flight, mate, four and a half hours, direct flight from LA to Sydney. Yeah, well. So, okay, I'm, I'm strapped up. 
boys just wrapped me up, mate. I'm in there, mate. I'd punch five before we hopped Five cans can. of pot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but full pothead, mate. Fuck, mate. I, I, you know what? I, this is how bad of a pothead I was, mate. You know how many years I put in to be a judge at the Cannabis Cup? Mate, I would, yeah, yeah, yeah. I swear to God, mate. Yeah, that's how full pothead, mate. Like, I was never a big drinker. Yeah. So I was always, I was just, you know, I always called it the wacky tobacco. Yeah. So I was always on the wacky tobacco. Yeah. So, so you'd take that to, would that, sort of take away the nerves or mate and this is how I did things like when I did this that was the structure of my normal life so if I went to the airport with no and I wasn't stoned it was abnormal for me yeah but the, the last thing I did at night was punch fucking five and oh. the first thing I did in the morning was punch five that's, yeah, yeah. that's how I survived so if I altered that or, or changed anything yeah it would I, I probably would start wigging out going fuck yeah. you know because I was just a pothead you know yeah, yeah, yeah. So just before we get to the airport, we'd stop at In-N-Out Burger, right? Mm. So we'd order an In-N-Out Burger. While we're there, we're ordering, we pull up in the car park. I punch another five. I have one cone, man. I'll duck under the fucking table. Oh, I green straight out. Mate, these days, Jesus Christ, I haven't fucking smoked in 20 years. Yeah. I couldn't even imagine yeah. doing it now, yeah. you know? And then I've got me burgers and shit. So I get dropped off. So I've got burgers in me passport in one hand, me backpacks on, I've got me fucking board bag. I'm rolling through the airport, just stoned ass. Fucking, yeah, just check, yeah, full check-in, easy check-in, you know. Mm-hmm. And at the beginning, what we used to do is because I could walk my mate through and vice versa, mm-hmm. you see. So my mate who dropped me off, he would park. While, I've, while he's dropped me off at the front, I've gone in, and checked in, and he comes in. We just because you could do this, and you could, mm. he could walk me up to the gate mm. after the bombings. That all stopped. Mm. So what he would do is, he would walk in front of me, right? He'd have a set of keys or coins or a light or something mm. in his pocket, right? So beep, 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 you know when it mm. goes, mm. beep, beep. so they just automatically grab him. So there'll be a little distraction, but, yeah, yeah. but but as soon as that that security guard or whatever they had the custom, but he steps to the side. Oh, excuse me, mate, you got anything? He goes, oh yeah, yeah, I come through, but. Another security guard steps in, but it kind of it throws them off a little yeah. bit. You know what I mean? And then, then I would just roll on through, but I'd have nothing, mate. Mm-hmm. No fucking metal. I, I would have not a thing mm-hmm. on me. So I just I just roll on through, and they just pull out his lighter, keys, or whatever, get some mm-hmm. coins, whatever it was. Then they give him the wand, and off he goes. Mm-hmm. So and then we, we we would just walk up the stairs. He'd sit on the gate, right, mm-hmm. with me. Boom! I get on the plane. As soon as he sees me get on the plane, he would call back to mm-hmm. Oz, my boys back here. Mm-hmm. I could say all this now because yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's all out in the public. Yeah, 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 so everything yeah, I'm yeah. telling you now, it's, it's mm. all out in the public. So he, he called my boys. He goes, he's on, he's on. Mm. So my boys that were working for the catering company, they know I'm coming in and, mm. and, the, and the Coke's going to be left in the toilet. Mm. My background, I was, I was a bank robber. And, um, and people, I know blokes that have done both, and, and they say, mm. doing a, doing, being a smuggler, it's like robbing a fucking bank for 14 hours straight. Your fucking heart's pumping. <laughs> You know what I mean? They <laughs> Never said, looked at it like that. Yeah, they said it's like doing that. And, and I talked to another guy uh, from out my way who done a boat trip from South America. I went to South America, Fiji, and then home. And he said it was like robbing a bank for fucking six weeks straight, riding a fucking time bomb. Yeah. You know what I mean? When you look at it like that, I, I look, I've never really looked at it like that. And, mm. and, and, and it's true. You've got to be comfortable with what you're doing. Mm. You know, yeah, these yeah. days I'm fucking, you know, I, I'm chasing waves and yeah. shit. That's, that, that's my no, Real life looks romantic right now. Oh, mate, it's <laughs> fucking, you, you just, but it, it takes a, to get to a certain stage in your life to be happy like we are now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now, now let's sort of, let's talk about like, you know, 
the lifestyle you had with that money and, and that sort of stuff. Let's talk about what you did with. It was a fucking great lifestyle. Yeah. Mate, there's not sugar coated. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, it was unreal. <laughs> Fuck, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't mean to pretend like, you know. Yeah. No, no, I'm not. Man, I You're picking up kilos. Okay, back in the day, you're picking up kilos for 16,000. Between 12 US and 16,000 US, which yeah. our dollar was sitting at about 75, 80 cents to the dollar. Mm. You know, so you give him like if you just, if you give a thousand dollars in, just say you get eight hundred uh, yeah. uh, Aussie US back. So yeah. you give a thousand Aussie in, you get eight hundred US back. So you, you may, you're roughly looking at about twenty grand. Yeah. As the years went on, the prices just went literally from fucking like one twenty, like went straight to one eighty to two hundred. Yeah. You know. Obviously, everything else, inflation rises, so I'm paying the boys a little bit more out mm. the airport to pick it up and stuff like that. So I'm paying them, and then, mate, at the end, so just, just say I've been in three kilos, right? Mm. So really, one kilo would cover the fucking cost of everything. Mm. Right, so two kilos is sheer profit. Profit, yeah. You know, so, so just say you, you come in, you're three, you sell for 600, 200 is, is you're paying for like all your airfares, you know, your accommodation. Mm. But for me, I didn't have to pay that out to him because I was doing everything. Mm. It wasn't until the last eight years like I did eight years by myself and then the last eight years I had a you know couple of fucking solid boys jump on board mm. with me and then so what I did was I'd pay for their airfares which you do mm. you pay for their accommodation you give them spending money and, a, and money for a car mm. you know what I mean so that's that's just all extra but at the same time is you're safer because you're back home mm. you know what I mean you're kind of orchestrating mm. everything and mm. that's why they gave me the sentence they did mm. because of yeah, yeah, mastermind. Yeah, you, you're 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 the mastermind. You know. Where so, did you go, man? What, what what countries did you travel to? Why you? Well, I lived in the states for five years straight. Yeah. Okay, so I went there two days after my 18th birthday. Mm. I didn't. I come back for my 21st. Right. Mm. So I come back for my 21st. I reckon no word of a lie. I reckon I was here a week, maybe ten days. I'm mean, fuck this. Mm. I'm out of here. Went straight back to the states, man. I I went all the way, France, Spain, Portugal, Morocco. Where else did I go? Went to South Africa. Uh, Zimbabwe. Did you go there all surfing? And- Mate, well, when I went to South Africa, it was all surfing. But then when I went up into Africa, mm. it, we went to the game parks. We were yeah. up there for two weeks, just cruising around the game parks, yeah. smoking the fucking, the, the chronic they had up there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> park, yeah, yeah. Fucking, oh, mate, we did some wild shit up there. Yeah. Some wild shit. Yeah. So we went all the way through Zimbabwe, Zambia, Botswana. And then I went through all the way through like South America, all the way through Mexico. How did you find South America? I oh, fucking love that joint. Yeah. Yeah, but it's a treacherous joint. <laughs> it's fucking true. Life is cheap. Yeah. Life is cheap, mate. I'm telling you now, mate. There's no hesitation. All through Chile, you know, that's where you see the extreme of the sh- extreme. Like, you are just fucking multi mm. or you're just dirt poor. Yeah, yeah. That's where you see two sides of living where you just go, fuck me. Yeah. Like, it's just, like I said, mate, you got you, you got a house full of maids and everything like that or you're living on the streets in the sun. Yeah. It's just, that's how it is over there. Yeah. Tell me, what was the best place? What was the biggest wave you ever surfed? Oh, mate. It's hard to go, mate, like, because Australia is such a beautiful place. Like, mm. now, I, like, I've travelled it even, you know, as a kid, mm. but now I can't go anywhere, mm. right, you know, because I'm still on parole. Parole, yeah. So I'm, I'm fucking I'm diving deeper into Australia and just I like, just go mate really, you don't need to leave Australia to fucking get these unbelievable ways you don't you mm. know it's all here mate, I, once I get half a chance I'll be going again yeah but mate to, to pinpoint and go mate that's the best spot like I I, I can't yeah, like, yeah. probably the biggest wave I've ever got would have been 
20 foot, 20 plus foot probably at so, one because there was a couple of closeouts. Yeah. There's a couple of closeouts during this day. 20? Were they total? Were you getting No, no, that? paddle, mate. <laughs> Full paddle back then. There's kids, mate. Mm. So it was all paddle back in the day. Then towing came in, mm. right? When, when you say towing, you're getting towed onto the wave of a jet ski, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 You're, you're behind and the jet ski's going at, at the pace of the wave. Because yeah. some ways, mate, the boys like – Boogie boarders have a little bit more chance because they don't have to get to their feet and they're, they're, they're straining. Mm. But surfers, you made by the time you paddle, bomb, jump up, and you know, you've got to mm. navigate the whole thing. That took off. That just exploded. But now it, it's it's done full circle where a lot of boys are paddling now. Mm. But they're back to paddling because it was like you'd get some guy who'd been surfing for a year, could just stand up, getting towed into these waves, and they were putting other people in danger. Mm. You know, and they said the Hawaii boys kind of put a stop to it. Mm. But don't get me wrong, they all still tow when it's, mm. you know, when it's unpaddleable. You go, mate, let's tow. I, I live up near the coast, I'm near the Gold Coast, and I go to, I go to Duramba sometimes, start set up the hill, and I, I watch the surfers of a morning, <laughs> and, and it looks, you see about 30 or 40 surfers out there. It looks like a real spiritual gig out there, you know. First thing in the morning, everyone's out there having a yarn, and, and the sun's coming up, and you know, and they're looking on to this most scenic sort of thing. Man, I've always, man, it's one of those things I always wish from a young age I'd get into because it looks, that surfing looks like a real spiritual thing to do. Mate, I always call it soul soothing. Mm. It is a soul soothing, mate. Mate, honestly, mate, you can have the biggest headaches and the biggest dramas on land, right? Mm. You just jump in that water, your whole focus is just catching waves and talking to the boys. You don't mm. even fucking remember what the bullshit that's going on, man. Mm. As soon as you hit land again, obviously, you, start, yeah. you put your board like, oh, fuck, I've got to deal with this, got to mm. do You know what I mean? But when you're out in that water, mate, it's just so peaceful. Yeah, yeah. It's fucking... That it looks, it. It looks amazing. Look, you know, you get your rat bags in the water, whatever, you know, it can be crowded or something. But, mate, you know, well, I mean, I paddle out, and this is, the, and the boys, I go, mate. If I, if I get one, I'm stoked. Let's um, let's sort of forward on to the arrest. And what happened when you got arrested for bringing the, the coke? I was watching the, I was actually watching your surveillance tape the other day, like the one on YouTube where they, they, they catch you on tape talking to the. Have you seen it? Yeah. Were you aware that they were you were off? You were getting mate. Look, look. It, when I say off, I mean were you aware you were under surveillance? Yes. That, yeah. So I knew, but this mm. is how cocky and arrogant I was. Mm. Like we, we'd been off for like nearly two years, over mm. two years by this at, that, at this stage. So mm. I knew I was off. And that guy, he was the, the boss of the catering company, mm. but he had just left. He, he, was he that little Kiwi guy? I was yes. in jail with him. Yeah, yeah. nice yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. lovely there. bloke, mate. Yeah. Lovely bloke. And, yeah, and, um, I was in jail with him at the bay. Yeah, yeah, because he, he, yeah, he, he had like two hip replacements in there, so he was always at the bay. So what happened was he goes, "Mate, I need an earn." I said, "Listen, I'll, I'll give you 50. He goes, "Nah, fuck it, I'll go for a run." I said, "Just because he wanted to start up, up a coffee shop." I mm. said, "Yeah, no worries, mate, no worries." He, he comes to me right, so we meet it first thing in the morning. I knew I was off, but I got up real early and I thought I shook the tail. Mm. But what I didn't realise is they'd gathering because I, I always text on the burner. He mm. had a burner, a burner. When you say a burner, a burner's a, fr- a, fr- a phone yeah. that you can just throw away. It's not, it's, it's got $20, no, $30 phone. It's got no attachment there. It's not registered in your name or no, anything like that. No, no. So, but what they did was they had his number and they had mine. So I just, so what I would do is I'd text you, see you at number one mm. at five. So that means spot one yeah. at five o'clock in the morning. Mm. So, so, so we thought this is the way. 
if you t- if you got any tails, you'd be able to spot mine. There's no one up at five o'clock really in the morning mm. that early. By this stage, I'm leaving my house at four thirty, driving around here and whatever, mm. just to kind of look at the surf and mm. you know, in the dark. And you, you know, I'm just trying to throw off throw off the tail. Then I, then I would go there, but I didn't realise they they picked up all our spots. Mm. So they knew where number one, number two, and where number three was. Mm. So number three was down in Mascot. Number two was up at Kingsford. Mm. See, so that's what they had all these savannah. So while I'm talking to my coey at this stage, he goes, "Oh fuck it, I'll go." Mate. I said, "Listen, this my exact words are, and this is very sinking for me when when they summoned up and the judge summoned up." She just said, "The sheer arrogance and the persistence of me." Because I say to I say to my coey, I said, "Fuck it," I said, "We're red hot, mate. They're all over us like a fucking rash." Mm. I said, "But fuck these cunts. Let's go it." Uh, yeah that's an extremist that's that thrill seeker in your brother isn't it now I look back and go fuck like mm. y- you know and, like mate I didn't need to do it man mm. I had cash I had fucking houses mm. I didn't like I didn't I didn't really need to do it I can remember a guy called Ian Saxon and um, Ian Saxon got pinched and he had the 10, no, 9 million dollars in an unlocked garage at Coogee all the hash and he imported 16 tonne of hash mm. and you know I remember talking to him in prison and he and he said to me it wasn't about the, ha- the cash anymore it was about the thrill yeah he said putting things together and it, was that it, the mate, same with you it, mate, it, it was mate and you know what I was I, I was just like fucking anti fucking government like coppers yeah. and that's why I think I got that little bit extra mm. now, I thought seven and a half to nine really for my sentence was mm. fair mm. my other boys are getting caught with fucking triple the amount of me mm. right you know what I mean and getting nines and shit mm. but I just think the, the judge has seen the sheer arrogance of me yeah. and just like this this guy just doesn't give a fuck and I was like, like perfect example when I said mate I said we're red hot they're all over us like a fucking rash and they, they catch you on tape saying that mate that's the, the one that you no, the, the yeah, one that you got yeah, said they don't yeah. show all the, what, yeah, what I say they, yeah. their video on me from across With the thing and they've got mic, that yeah. boom mic yeah. right on me and my voice recognition my barrister said to me he goes if this was at 9 10 o'clock in the day he goes they couldn't have picked up everything he goes all the cars and trucks it's 5 o'clock in the morning mate. Yeah. and you're talking <laughs> went like, I, yeah but it went against me yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to shake the tail but they're already onto the spot mm. if I had this meeting at 9 o'clock 10 o'clock they wouldn't have got all that Yeah, you know they still would have been following us whatever but they wouldn't have got everything what I had said yeah, I, I, I can speak from personal experience. I remember knowing when I was under surveillance and that's sort of, for me, it was sort of gut-wrenching, sort of fucking, you know, I go into my house, have they been in here, are they are there bugs in here? And that paranoia of where I can speak and where I can't fucking speak, sort of fucking draining. Oh, mate, you know what? They got one load, 11-something kilos. Didn't know it was a lucky find. Right, so six weeks later, I'm asking the boys out the airport, is it, is it okay, is it okay? They said, mate, there's fucking nothing, there's no nothing. I went, let's go, lucky fine. Mm-hmm. I sent someone over, I said, just grab two, just boom, we get the two in. Mm-hmm. I go, fuck, I said, we're on. So I sent another few, two crew over, two boys over, and they grabbed about 6.8, 7 mm-hmm. kilos, right? They wanted a little bit extra mm-hmm. money. So mm-hmm. I was paying 20 grand every kilo mm-hmm. you, you brought in. So the boys are bringing three kilos, they're getting 60 grand. So and that was big money. Mm-hmm. Mate, you know, other boys, other crews mm-hmm. are only offering 10 and shit, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, and then when they when they got the fucking the seven kilos, mate, I fucking knew I was off. Mm. I knew I was off. That's when like paranoia kicked in. Mm. I started partying twice as hard. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't smoking pot, so I started snorting more fucking lines. I'm on the drink from Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I just real paranoia has kicked in. I'd go around the house, mm. mate, just checking in the lights. I'm just you okay. know, plus I'm off. You're never, never going to find them anyway. Oh, mate, you know, <laughs> but but I, but I knew they'd been there yeah. because I seen marks on the wall yeah. to the manhole. I didn't. I'd never been in the manhole. 
Yeah. And it was clearly just freshly painted. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, you could see because it was all metal now. Yeah. And yeah. then there was a mark against the wall. Yeah. So they'd had like then a ladder against the wall. Yeah. They did, and there was one footprint like on, near my lounge. Yeah. There was, a, there was a, like a black footprint. I went, what the fuck? Yeah. I built my fence so high. So, and there was this, this dirt patch right near when you open the back gate, you walk into a dirt patch. Yeah. I was going to tile it, but I never really got around to it. And there was this footprint in there. We had been up to um, Queensland, mm. and I had graded it, mm. like, you know, with the yeah. rake, and just yeah. so it was nice and clean. Mm. There was one footprint in there, and I just noticed a lot of little things, mate. So when yeah, you it's house horrible. It's horrible. It is. Fucking the life I live today, I don't have to worry about that. So what happens, mate? You, you, you're sitting at home, like, you're at home with the kids, and, and they run in. Yeah, mate. They'll just, like, you know, when you're fucking... Hit the hornet's nest, mate, and mm. fucking hornets come flying out of everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking things were just buzzing around everywhere. And I just, I just looked. It was first thing in the morning. I had all the kids there, and I was making them juice. And I looked to the left. I just seen them fucking flying out of everywhere, mate. Fucking cameras and shit, and keep my my kids were just, mate. They were so startled, like just you know, like can you imagine being like three years old and. Three to seven, you know, and like, yes, mate. Like, just looking at their little faces. and uh, So they could have come in and kicked the door, and they mm. said that. They said, we knocked on the door. Oh, my partner at the time, she went and opened the door, and they come in, and you know what I mean? The kids are just fucking, they were just startled, mate. Mm. Like, completely startled. Like, yeah, like, pretty traumatic. Look, okay, I'm an adult. I, I, I went through it and was like, yeah, yeah, what, what it is. Was that the is. first time you'd ever been arrested? No, mate, no, no. They got me mm. in 94 for another import. I was in jail for quite a while there, nine months or something. So it wasn't that bad. It was only Long Bay then. Mm. I was there then. I would have been there. Yeah. Well, well, well I, when I come through, I was with my partner now. I was with her dad. Yeah, her dad yeah. was Johnny there. Carroll. Johnny yeah. Carroll, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, I, so, I was, I, so when I came in, I was with him and Danny mm. Landini and all those old school. Yeah. You, they make get a bed ready for you over in 12 or 13. When yeah, yeah. you've got a reception committee. Like when yeah. you're sort of knowing you, you got the boys that are already there, they're established. It's normally you get a TV, some clothes, some luxuries to make your life a lot easier. <laughs> it's pretty endearing when you, you turn up there and, you, and all these blokes are there welcoming you. You know Mate. what I mean? You're, getting, you're moving in with this bloke. He's got a TV. He's got a rink. The comfortability factor increases. The thing is, is and everybody sees that. Mm. Everybody else in the whole wing or the unit sees that. So mm. they go, mate, this guy, he's, he's, off, he's fucking solid. Mate, because there's predators in there, mate. You come 100%. in and you're vulnerable, mate. The predators pick up on that. Yeah, mate. 100%. It's 100%. I remember going to the MRC for the first time in um, uh, 1987, and I was living th- top of 13 wing, and um, Gary Stokes Casper, a big fella, you know, 130 <clears> kilos, <throat> six foot six, you know, he, as soon as we got there, he told them all. He said, these young, these blokes are from Mount Druitt, you know, keep away from them, you know what I mean? And, and sort of laid down the law to a few of the predators or tough guys yeah. or, you know. So, mate, let's go back to, they run into your house, they arrest you. Yep. What's the feeling in, inside of you? How are you feeling? Well, mate, you know what? You're kind of numb. Yeah. You're a bit numb, right? Even though you can see it coming. After mm. all the years of the, the surveillance and the arrogance of me and mm. stuff like that, so when they came, they came running in. I just played, go, mate, you sure you got the right person? <laughs> 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 that was to be worth that game, mate. They said in there, and this this guy, the, the guy Hines, he goes, mate, he goes, we got the right bloke. Trust us, he goes, mate. After two plus years of surveillance, he goes, mate, we got the right guy. I said, mate, I said, I don't know what the fuck's going on here. I said, but just, I said, show me the warrant. Mm. Yeah, like I get so he runs back up into the car, comes down with the warrant, and I just go, all right, and I just go to the middle time. I said, listen, I said, don't let any of these fucking cockroaches search the house without you being there. I said, mm. you know, they can plan anything. 
So they take me there. So I said, can I have a cigarette? I go out and have a cigarette, right? And I, and I start going through the brief and they've got all these a list of names, right? Mm. And I go, I go to the bloke, I go, I go, who the fuck's Brandy Brand, mm. right? And this is exactly what he said to me, right? He goes, March 13, right, in 2007, mind you, it's... It's September 20th, 2009. Mm. So two and a half fucking years he goes back, mm. right? He goes, March 13th in 2007, at 9.13 after you dropped your kids to school, he goes, you went to the Swiss Grand Hotel at Bondi to room 207 and you met with Brandy Brand. Mm. Right? Mm. I just went, mate. <laughs> this, this is the dead set, right? And he's just rattling this off the top of his head. Mm. And, you, and, and, you know, I... I just go, fuck. <laughs> mate, so my whole gut drops. You know what I mean? I just go, fuck. Mate, I said, they've got something here. I go, mate, let's have one more cigarette. So I just went back. And, he, and he, his words were, he goes, oh, mate, is that a little bit bothering for you, Wayne? That's what he says to me. Because I was just, oh, well, I popped another ciggy, you know yeah. what I mean? I'm, and I'm standing there. Are you so, reading your body language, that guy? Oh, I try not to show too much, but after I asked for another ciggy straight away, you know what I mean? He, he could see I, I went that little bit quite up, and I didn't ask another question, mate. They, you know, you know this, mate, because I've been pinched a few times, like mm. import, gun, mm. a bit of pot fighting and stuff, you know. I've never given a statement my yeah, fucking same. life. Yeah. Never my, my whole life. Yeah. You know, they never asked me one question. The older ones. I know myself. I remember I got pinched for a bank robber in 2014 and I went to the Southport cells and all these young coppers had never seen a bank robber before and they go, mate, come in here, do a record of interview. And there was an old cop sitting in the corner and he's sort of rolling his eyes at me, like going like he was he was in t- entertained yes. by the enthusiasm of these young coppers. And they, and he Thinking knew, they could get you. He, he knew they were going nowhere with it, you know what I mean? And I, my response was, I've never seen anyone moonwalk back in the prison going, fuck, that fucking record of interview was the best thing we've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> and when I said no, that copper just sort of, he agreed. He said, this bloke was never going to do one. But he was just entertained by their enthusiasm. The audacity of them, though, too, yeah, really, yeah, I think yeah. about it. So, so what, what was the go there? Tell okay. me. Okay, this stage, I'm, I'm out in the back veranda. Oh, they drag me out. There's cameras everywhere. Mm. So I blow up. I said, mate, mm. don't film the kids. I said, I'm telling you now, mate, you, you film the kids. Because oh, they wanted me out of there in case somebody had rang and just all the boys started coming around mm. and making things harder. They blocked mm. off the street. Mm. So I quickly rang my my legal team. said, listen, rah, rah, this has happened. They said, no worries. We'll meet you down at the at the building in the city where they uh, the feds take mm. you. And then from there, they take you to Surrey Hills. Mm. So they've grabbed me. This is, and I said, don't. I said, don't be filming the kids. I said, man, I'll, I'll kick. I said, I don't care. And they go, oh, man. And they circled me. You know, by this stage, I'm not on handcuffs. You know, and they they've circled me. I said, man. I said, I promise, I don't give a fuck. I'll get one or two of you. I said, I promise, I don't give a. I said, man. They said, listen, we won't film the kids. We promise, we promise. Relax, relax. And they kind of circled me. Mm. So they walked me out, jump in the car, mate. Nothing said, mate. Nothing in the car has said nothing. Mm. Go back to the office of the building where they take me. My legal team comes up and I said, mate, rah, 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 you know what I mean? I said, obviously, they got a little bit of something, you know mm. I said? I said, I don't believe it's all that. Mm. This is, so I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm denying it. Mm. Mate, as you do, mate, mm. I'm I wouldn't plead guilty to my sister being a girl. I don't know. Mate, so hold on. What am I going to plead guilty? What am I going to do their job for them? Yeah, their yeah. fucking job is their job. You know, yeah. my job was my job uh, to do yeah. do wrong at the time. Yeah. But they, no, that's why I always say to people, I said, don't give them nothing, mate. To let them do their fucking job. And mm. then you let them come at you. You mm. know what I mean? From forever. And still give them nothing. Yeah. Nothing, you know? I, I, I go there. I get taken up to Surrey Hills. And then they, they start giving me a, um, you know, your brief. You get your mm. brief. Mm. 
Right, see, I'm sitting in the hole and so and all the boys kept coming in, like the boys at the airport. You know what I mean? They've, they've got them, there's just two boys. It's gut wrenching. Oh, mate, my 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 Coey that I had to so he's he's beside me in the next little mm. cage, you know what I mean, mm. at Surrey Hills and we're sitting there and like the desk is in front of you. You and can't I, really communicate with each other because you well, know it's all recorded. Oh, I go, listen, truth, I said I'm hungry, any chance I have a, some, have the food and he gave me a pie and a sausage roll and an apple and a cup of tea or something like that, or coffee, mm. whatever. So I'm sitting there. So all of a sudden, like a couple of hours later, you're sitting there. The brief comes in because they're all typing up. Like, this is nowhere of a lie. I start reading through the brief, right? <laughs> I know. You know <laughs> that is gut-wrenching. Mate, <laughs> you know what? This is no word of a lie. Yeah. I start fucking reading it, right? I go, chief, i got to shit. <laughs> Straight away, I had to shit. Yeah. I, I knew, mate. I knew I was in trouble. That's I, that gut-sinking, isn't it? Yeah. Well, like, because you know, right? And I, and I didn't realise how much they had. Mm. You know what I mean? That's why you don't... Keep going and start giving statements and feeding them shit. Let's mm. see what they fucking produce. You mm. know what I mean? And I went, all right, let's fuck. I said, they've got a little bit here, mate. <laughs> fucking follow me around in Bali, mm. mate. Fuck over here. I'm in in America. They, they got me, mate. Just, they got mm. me pissing in toilets mm. and shit. And like, yeah, yeah mate. They just had everything. Mm. You, you know, and like, so I knew, I knew it was it was game over. Yeah. What was bail refused? And okay, so we didn't go for bail straight away, mm. but then we. Put up bail. We, we we went for bail once, we've refused. Mm. So then we went to the Supreme Court, and all together we had with everybody combined, and we had houses and people putting up two hundred fifty thousand, a hundred grand, a couple of houses of all different. Mm. So there was a network of maybe eight people. So we gathered three point seven five million for bail. Mm. So it's kind of good because we ha- I, if I fucked up, I would fuck eight people over. Mm. You know, like family members and friends mm. and mm. stuff. A lot of friends come to the party mm. and shit. You know, so and then um. They, the judge says, he goes, there's more coming, unfortunately. He goes, I can see there's more coming. He goes, so we can't give this guy bail. And I, by this stage, I'm only pinched on one import, mm. only on the one. Mm. And at the end, mate, they got me for, for three. Mm. When it all came through, I didn't even go for bail because mm. I knew I was gone. You are going to be doing a jail sentence, so you sort of got your head around that. But, mate, and, and the boys are all there. Like you said, when mm. I came in, they're dead said I come in the Darcy one, mm. right? Six of the sweepers were fucking from Maroubra. And there was one guy, an old, an old school boy, old Balmain boy, mate. Why not, mate? Boom. So I had two backs, mm. and I was with Moes and those boys, rest, may he rest in peace. He, the, he's passed away, and, and all the all the boys and stuff. And we all kind of came in together. So we had a good crew from Surrey. We were stuck there for eight days. Mm. You know, and we come up and. Mate, by the time I left him, went up to the pod. Mm. Twos and all the boys are already up there. Mm. You know what I mean? So, like, it's, it's you, you know what it is, is you're in that environment. You know, you're important drugs, you're selling mm. drugs. So, you're you're networking with these people on the outside anyway. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden, everyone's getting pinched on different things and mm. whatever it is, and you go in, they're all, they're all there. In prison, uh, the bank robbers hang out with the bank robbers, the importers hang out with the importers, and uh, the shoplifters hang out with the shoplifters, <laughs> and you know what I mean? The street dealers hang out with the street dealers. It's, it's funny. It's one of those places where water finds its own level, isn't oh, it? Oh, mate, I, I always said that. you got the boys over there playing chess, then you got guys playing cards. And then the hustlers trying to get on, <laughs> fucking trying to get a shot oh, of Duke. And mate. I was just saying the other day, mate, what about that? It's, it's yeah. next level, isn't it? Yeah. Mate, you're just there, and all the boys, there's one bourgeois going through the fucking whole pot mm, of the wing. When he says bourgeois, way means like it's a cut down syringe and 20 or 30 people use that one syringe it's sickening but it's like it's like the cell doors open in the morning they just charge out down to the fucking toilet 
Everyone's in the fucking toilet cheering that one surrender. Oh, fuck. And what about them washing it out? you got guys at the end that got nothing. So they put a little bit of water in trying to get a little bit of fucking backwash of whatever's been up there, you yeah, know, yeah, the gear yeah, or whatever. Bit of blood. Bit of, bit There's a little bit of blood in it. Don't worry, mate. mate this, I've got to have a seat. You know what I should say? Fin coals for weak cunts. Don't worry, boys. That's what I should say. Because <laughs> some of them have washed out with fin coals. Don't yeah. worry about fin coals for weak yeah, cunts. Just crazy. fucking charge on. Let's talk about sentencing court. That whole process... <laughs> That on remand is it's a dreadful time, isn't it? Well, Not you don't know where you are. Yeah. You don't know where you How long were you on remand for? Two years, one day. Exactly. Yeah. You were sitting in prison for two years, one day, not knowing what, how long you were going to be doing. Man, mate, every day is like four. Well, mate, the thing is, is everyone's telling their story. Mate, oh, I know a bloke with similar pins to you. He got fucking eight. You're sweet. And, mate, mm. but but uh, everything's different, mate. In everybody's sentencing, yeah. it, it, it's all different. Or, and how things went. Like, yeah. like for, for my my audacity and my ruthlessness and, like, fuck them. And I reckon that tacked on a year or two. yeah. Like the judge, when she summoned up, mate, mm. she said all this, you know mm. what I mean? Like she goes, you just didn't care. Like yeah. you did not care. Yeah. One like one bit. Like you, you knew you were under surveillance. You knew. And yet you still kept on going. Like, mm. you know, the audacity of you. like Make an example of it. Well, pretty much. What, what was the sentence that you ended up getting? I got 16 on top with 10 on the bottom. Yeah, and you've done the 10, yeah? Yeah, done 10. When she was summing up, she goes, I have no hesitation in giving Mr. Cleveland 21 with the 16. Mm. I buckled, brother. You know, he's fucking wobbled, I swear to God. Oh, no. And then the, the whole crowd, like, all the everyone's there, you know, they're like, mm. oh, 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 like, oh, oh. And, and, like, the, it was a fucking bit of it, you know what I mean? But mm. because I pled guilty, the way we did it was I couldn't plead guilty guilty straight off the bat even though I because other blokes were pleading not guilty is that right yes Yeah. Right, so then would have made everyone else guilty Yeah. so I had to let everyone else play play the game and then that, then they couldn't do the same because it made me guilty yeah. so we made a pack mm. this is how we're going to do it so all our legals would always meet and, yeah. and talk about and then when everyone got all their briefs in and stuff like that that's when we go, okay, we're fucked. Mm. A couple of guys, they went to trial. I got in the stand and took the ball up for them hard. Mm. Like, you know, so there was two guys that got off. When you say took the ball up... You well, they made, had me, mate. You, you, you've said that these guys had no involvement, and that's the, the process of taking the ball up. It's just sort of trying to clear their name, yeah. Yeah, so that's what that's I That's a pretty admirable thing to do. It's a very admirable thing to do. Well, you don't you can see it much these days. No, you don't. You don't, mm. you know what I mean? But they had me, mate. Yeah. And this is what I mean. This is, this is all adding. To the judge going, because all of us had the same judge, mm. Judge Zah. We all had the same judge. Yeah. So if, if everyone was had different judges, mm. he, you know, there's little bits and pieces that he's not getting. So it could be pretty good. But because he knew everything, so he knew from people changing the money to flying overseas to doing this to do Like, so he, he knew the whole chain. After I got sentenced... Uh, you had eight years to go after sentencing. Did you get a full back day? Yeah, I got full back day. Yeah, yeah. full back day, mate. So I had the eight years and, and stuff like that. And uh, um, I, I go back and I'm telling the boys, I was a bit... I was numb. I was. Yeah. I, 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 I was a bit numb, but I had to put on a Because a lot break, of things mate. go through your head, the effects that it have on your kids and... Oh, mate. Fuck, it just... Mate, they were young and I just... I mean, they're growing up without a dad. There's that reality, isn't it? There's that reality. That's oh, gut-wrenching. That brings tears to my eyes every time yeah, because yeah, I, I I didn't really factor in what they would go through. Mm. Okay, when they went to the private school, it, mate, because it was so blown up, mate. It was on the news everywhere. It was on the front covers of the papers for days, like for a dead set of weeks mm. straight. And you know what I mean? They had like all the runs where I'm going on holidays, and they had like a two page spread. And mate, everyone was so lovely at that school. Mm. Mate, then they went to to Maribor Bay. They were lovely, right? The kids down there, half of the kids, their parents were. 
like in jail or mm-hmm. they were living with grandparents because mm-hmm. of whatever reason yeah. and stuff, you know. So, that, so they were fine. It wasn't until when my kids moved over to the north side and they kept everything quite hush-hush, which is understandable. Mm-hmm. And then when things, they started like growing up a bit, like other people knew. I never hid anything from my kids. We mm-hmm. were straight up with them. So no kid could come from the side and go, oh, but I heard your dad this. And my kids can turn around and me, I oh, know. Mm-hmm. My dad told me, yeah, what? Mm-hmm. So, and, and, what? Yeah. Yeah. So, so they're not shocked. So yeah. they knew everything and they knew the whole ordeal of everything. Mm-hmm. Kids are nasty at the best of times. Mm-hmm. They are. And my, my eldest, she got picked on. Then my middle one would back her. Mm-hmm. And then she went through that stage. And then my middle one when it was getting picked on. My eldest one would fucking would come and back her and, mm. you know, like stand. So they're staunch, man. They're staunch mm. little girls. And, mm. I, and I love that. Mm. And then and then my little one, when she started going through school, my little one, you know, she started getting picked on. And, my, and the two her older sisters, mate, they come and back her, mm. you know what I mean? Mm. Like, just like... And when you say, what are they getting picked on about what you've I done? Know, what I've done. Yeah, yeah. Like this, and this is what I say now. I said, but honey, you got to let these people know. Like, that's not you. That's mm. my dad. My dad made those mistakes. He's yeah. doing his time. I didn't I didn't know that. I was like a little baby when this all happened. Mm. She goes, he goes, I didn't even know what my dad did. Mm. I didn't even discuss this with my partner. So I don't... There's no need. You didn't discuss what, 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 how are you making your living? No, mate, that's you, obviously one. You know, there's an old adage: one day the wife, next day the witness. That's well, where, mate. Yeah. Is that true? Yeah. You, you know, what I mean, they're ruthless. Yeah. Mate. They can be ruthless, and all this shit. I'm ringing up, and the kids are, you know, struggling and getting picked on. And is this when you're ringing up from jail? Yeah, yeah. I'm just, you know, you got, you got a six minute phone call, yeah, mate. Yeah. So, so when you, so when you're getting out, you got to remember the kids are going to be at school at nine. So mm. I'm running out, you know, and the sweepers are kind of get out first. And I was always lucky; the boys always put me on a sweep so I get out I could make one or two phone calls yeah sweeper in prison is like a privileged position where you're not as locked in as much um, you're out cleaning the unit and you get better phone access and better access to food and that sort of stuff yeah yeah so I'll make a couple of calls and then you just hear these little gut wrenching you know like little stories over the phone I'm just going it's alright and they'd come for visits and everything like that you know and uh they battled on, mate. They they, they 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 battled on, but I just... It wears them, mate. It's it wears them, mate. Because my kids don't speak to me now. Yeah. Yeah, that's sad, man. That's really you know? sad. And, mate, they're telling you to their mother. Yeah. Like, you know, she's poisoning. Adults need to do with adult issues. Yeah. I don't believe they need to reflect their bullshit down to their kids. Yeah, yeah. Mate, I can only bore the kids, mate. Down the bit, mate, I'm like, so I'm king of the kids. Yeah, you are. You've got a really big reputation as a mentor and... Mate, I'm always helping them, mate. You yeah. know, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm helping them just go, mate, you guys think this is funny. I said, mate, why don't you spend fucking 10 years in jail? I said, mate, mm. it's an overwhelming place, mate. You get yeah. humbled. I said, mate, but we know so many people in that still there and that, like, we mm. can, if something happens, we can look up. I said, but, mate, don't go down that path, mate. Yeah. You know, these kids, but you have to want it. Yeah. But when, yeah. when you hear a story like ours, right, yeah. for example, and we can talk to kids, Kids can relate, mate. They kind of mm. look in and you go, fuck it, this guy's been there, you know. But when you... Lived, lived experience, without a doubt. But, you know, I hear many stories about, you know, from 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 kids from that sort of stuff that they've spoken to you and they, they look up to you and, 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 and you do play a significant part in, in mentoring a lot of kids down that beach because I guess, you know, that, that place is your home and... Um, yeah. You want you don't want to see those kids running down that same path. That no, you, mate, you don't. But this is the thing. So I go, but I don't even get on with my own kids. My own mm. kids won't even talk to me. And it hurts you, buddy. When you talk about, it, I can see the genuine, you know, the hurt in your eyes and, and in your body language and everything like that. And you know what I mean? It's a, but, it's, it's a big punishment. Mate, that's what I mean. I'm yeah. still getting sentenced, mate. I'm mm. still on, on my sentence. I said I haven't done nothing to these kids. Mm. And only that I've got a new partner. Mm. I was alright for my partner during the time to move on when I'm in jail. Yeah. That's fine. That's that, that's that's all. Yeah, you accept but, that. You accept that. I accept that. She wrote me a letter. 
And then she came up and seen me. And I said, "You sure you want to go down this path?" And he's like, "Yeah." I said, "Mate," I said, "Listen," I said, "I wish you all the best. I wish you all the best. Enjoy you want yourself. Them happy. You want them to be happy. Of course, because yeah. then the kids are happy. Yeah. That's how it was. Nick and I now, I swear there'd be no divorces. Mm. Like we get on like a house on fire. We, we, but mm. she's been through her bullshit too. You know what mm. I mean? Her dad spent what nineteen odd years or something in jail too. You know? Yeah. <clears throat> so her dad yeah. was a, a bank robber and that in the day, Johnny yeah. Carroll. Yeah, yeah, mate. Man, they, 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 the cop was trying to set him up on a murder and shit. Like mm. you know what I mean? Like yeah, just, yeah, you know. So that, so that all I want to do is just rekindle this with my kids. Yeah, you know what I mean. But I just, I, I don't think it's fair. You know, like I said, I'm getting out and I've got a new partner. I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't take, I don't, mate. I, I, this is the clearest I've been, I reckon, since I was fucking 14, 15 mm. years old. You know, I mean, I started yeah. smoking pot back then. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. Now I don't touch nothing. Let's talk about, mate. You know, I was jailing in Queensland and I was hearing this guy about this guy down at the bay who break all sorts of records with his training with burpees and fucking and that that guy was you yeah. <laughs> dirty on the burpee yeah <laughs> you know what i mean and i think you've taken your your like i think you took that extremist sort of that chasing the frill sort of thing into your training in jail and as part of your coping mechanism you know you were one of these guys that like would have been in the top three best trainers in the new south wales jail system and was that part of your mental health strategy i'm an all or nothing man like so when I came came in I, I had already started training I trained back in the day and then I kind of surfed and then I kind of lost it a little bit you know what I mean started partying the pressure mm. the survival everything you know what I mean what I was doing was I was numbing myself from reality and then mm. when I get pinched just before I get pinched I go into rehab down to a place called uh, Gats mm. in Adelaide mm. so I go down there mate like six weeks yeah mm. so I, I come out I feel so good but you know what the thing was with this one I've been in the rehab before. I, I wanted it. Yeah. Like, I put myself there. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I, 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 other ones, I was asked. What substance were you sort of... Cocaine. Um, yeah, yeah. Heavily, mate. Mate, yeah. heavily. Like I said, I'm, a, I'm all or nothing. So if yeah. I don't start, I don't start. Mm. But if I have one... Yeah, I'm the same. One's too many, a thousand's not enough. Yeah. So, so I can't eat one row of chocolate. I eat the whole block. Yeah. I can't eat one Tim Tam. I eat the whole packet. That, that's that's similar to me. Now I'm, I'm kind of breaking it down a little bit mm. too. You know, where, where when I open the chocolate now, I'm only having maybe two to three rows. Yeah. Because I'm like you. Right. Okay. So so I'm I'm trying to I'm being aware of that. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Like I'll have two or th- say two rows right mm. up after I have lunch, right, mm. and then I at, at dinner. After dinner, I'll have another two rows. Yeah. You see it? So I'm trying to spread break it, it out, down. Right? Yeah, yeah. Just, just spread it out. That self-control. That's exactly what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm trying to have that little bit of self-control. And then with the training, like I said, I started training just before I get pinched, you know what I mean? Because Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday were my little trigger points. So, mm. right? so the way we learned to do with it in, the, in, in rehab was just say at 5 o'clock I'm at the pub on a Thursday. Mm. So what I would do at 4.30, and because your body gets so in tune and, and it knows, trigger, trigger, mm. trigger, and it, my drink a line, you know what I mean? So what I would do is I'd go to the sales club and have a train at 4.30. Mm. So once I, I start getting that itch at 5, I'm in the middle of training. Mm. So I'm just training, training, training. Mm. And then so I'd train for a good hour and a half, and then yeah. I'd go for a swim, and then I'd go for a sauna and a steam. Mm. By this stage, mate, you're two hours, 15 minutes. Going, feeling good. Oh, mate, you're feeling good, mate. You, mm. you, you, you know what I mean? So that itch had, had, had totally subsided, and then I just mm. go straight home. So that's the way I deal with that's it. That's a great awareness. That's a really good awareness. Yeah. So, so, so put yourself in a good in a, in a good place. Mm. You know, if you know that these things are happening, or like, 
I'm not at this stage, mate. I know there's parties going on on Friday, so but I'm not going to those parties because I just didn't have that control just mm. yet. Mm. So I'm not going to put myself in a vulnerable situation where everyone's partying on the coke and shit. Why would mm. I do that mm. after I just did this hard work? Mm. So what I did was, man, I'm training, I'm doing these things, you know, I'm surfing, so I'm putting myself in good places. Mm. You know, if so when they, the trigger points happening, I'm start getting that little itch, man. I'm already in the middle of something. I'm in mm. the middle of training, and that's what I that's what I did. Mm. So when I got in inside, I was training. You were always had a team of blokes. You were training, like you were running sort of yep. classes and yep. and that sort of thing. And um, a lot of blokes that I, I'd come across had benefited greatly from that. You know what I mean? Because you, like, there's certain you know certain blokes that had a certain training style. I could tell. I remember uh, Andrew Parrish came down from Lithgow, and, and um, I remember punching the pads with him. And I I was holding the pads for him, and I and I told him, I said, I know who you've been training with, and and he, and he said, who? And I told him, like, he goes, how do you know that? Because the way you finish the round, because that bloke trains blokes to finish that last 30 seconds yes. and bring it home, you know what mate, I mean? And, and I go, mate, I want you to finish round 10 like you fucking started round one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I want you to be the, the same consistency all the way through. Mm. You know what I mean? And like, my person, I've been here for a couple of years. You know mm. what I mean? We train every day. Mate, he's the yeah, best. Man, mate. He's I'm the a, best. I know there's been a special request from a bloke who's in Moscow at the moment. He said to me the other day. <laughs> here we he go. Said, he said, um, I made a mate of mine. I asked Wayne what happened in the um, in the art room. In the art room. <laughs> in the precarious position he found himself in the art room. Oh, mate, I'll tell you what. Right, okay, so. You couldn't paint, but you were on the art program. Oh, but what about that one, hey? The, the boys were in the back for me to get me into this art program. The right? art program was a program at Long Bay which ensured that you would stay housed at Long Bay and, 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 and being along Long Bay kept you close to home. Well, mate, from Moorabra, mate, it's yeah. two turns. Yeah. As I said, mate, straight down Moorabra Road, left onto Anzac Parade, mate, you, you're there like, yeah. in a matter of like three minutes. So if you got on the art program, program you were guaranteed, guaranteed. You know, the art program consisted of people that showed a bit of a bit of talent <laughs> a bit of talent uh, artistically oh, to do mate. paintings or pottery or whatever and what was your talent mate nothing my <laughs> talent was absolutely nothing the boy my sheer talent was just to keep everybody with a smile on their face going around gigging and joking at the end i'd cook everybody lunches yeah. right boys everyone would bring in food i was the cook you know what I mean? Right. Mate, this, our friend in Moscow, mate, lovely, yeah. but he's, he used the grass, but, yeah. mate, honestly, mate, he had everyone else doing his paintings. What's this <laughs> thing going on about? I swear to God, he's coming over here, he's doing, he's taking his paintings back and stuff, right? Yeah. And he, the boys are coming in and doing his paintings. I said, you're a dead set, Julia. I said, this is the stitcher. Mate, it, it was a good program. And it was just all for the boys and everybody. Like, some of the boys were unbelievable paintings. Oh, unbelievable. Like, unbelievable. So, yeah. what they do with that program is, they people would do art and they would sell it out the front of a place called the Boomgate Gallery. It was a gallery out front of Long Bay Prison in the in, in the car park where the public could come and buy. And, and, and a lot of blokes went home with some pretty good cash. Mate, mate, oh. like seriously, I would do a little bit of painting, but nothing. Mine was just like, man, I'm making a hundred here and that. And you know who bought my paintings? Just the boys that felt sorry for me. I guarantee <laughs> they bought them and tossed them. I guarantee. But other boys, mate, they were so good. Like they were genuinely. Yeah, Duncan making, was. Duncan was. Oh, mate, he was unbelievable. Yeah. Mate, he was making a proper living, like proper. Yeah. He was proper. paying his mortgage from jail. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's exactly right. That's yeah. exactly right. And Big Red, mm. Big Red, mate, he, he was the best. Mm. He, he he was just a, 
a talent, like a proper, proper mm. talent. My brother's a, a businessman, and he, I, I, I spoke in a networking meeting once, and they, and I said, you know, I was a drug addict, and, uh, and and to be a drug addict, I have to be an obsessive compulsive. I said, when I transfer that obsessive compulsiveness into a business, I can't fail, because yeah. you, you you want to be a successful businessman, you know. I'm I, I run a pretty successful business today. I've got to be obsessed about making it work. You know what I mean? Yeah, even with, with even with what you were doing, you had to be obsessed about fucking getting that right. hundred percent. It's all or nothing. Mm. It's exactly what you're saying. Like we, we, if you put that over there, it's exactly like mm. what you just said. Then you know mm. you're shifting into something. Look at you now. Look how mm. successful you are now. Mm. Like, you know, look how many people you got working for no. you. Did you think about that when oh, you man. Mate? I was friends with a girl who's now my partner at the time, and it was that. Um, putting it out to the universe and it sounds all fucking hippie at the time and visualising it you know I was sitting in prison and I said I want to be involved in a boxing gym you know I want to just I'll be just happy to be involved in a boxing gym December last year I went to Manchester took a fighter to fight for a world title eliminator in front of 12,500 people with people fucking singing fucking Oasis songs between rounds and I was blown away that's that manifestation stuff you know what I mean and but mate you've got to put it out there you've got to put it out in the universe mate yeah. I truly believe right? so when I come out of jail right okay mate, I had such a good Network and banking, mm. you know what I mean? Like, it's such a good network. So, you've done 10. So, I, I get out. I got my, my brothers, my dad, and you know, I got my new partner. Like, one of my daughters turns up to pick me up. The other ones felt loyal to their mum, so they didn't want to come, you know what I mean? Mm. I was like, fucking wow, you know. And I'm like, but my middle daughter, God bless her, you know, she's a fucking little soldier. She turned up and was like, you know, like I'm, you know. And so, I had a, I, I had a good surrounding. A mate gave me a unit. Dad gave me a car. I mean, that's a place at Maribri you're living in? Yep, in the yeah. unit. Yeah, right. I've been there. What a spot. Mm. Seriously, what about that story? Can, what's the backstory with that guy? Did You, you looked after him in school or something, well, didn't you? What about you? that? Yeah. Can you believe that? Yeah. Can, Can you, you just you tell us a little bit about oh, that story? Man, I hate bullies. I mm. hate people picking on other people. And like, he used to get a bit of a hard time. Mm. Right? So he, he used to get a little bit of a hard time. And I'm not always backing. Mm. You know what I mean? I taught him how to duck dive a wave and this and that. But see, but see he's brought this up when we, <clears throat> when we got out of jail. He goes, mate, do you remember this and do you remember that? And I go, mate, not kind of rudely. Mm. He goes, mate, you did this for me and, and you backed me up here and, and you stood up for me and I'm just going, he goes, mate, he goes, see this joint? Mate, I'm still in the joint now, but yeah, I'm only yeah, yeah. two Top years, eight months. Two years, eight months. I go, mate, if you ever want me to move, he goes, no, mate, no way, mate. So he's, but, he's allowed you to move into a unit, yeah? He's giving mate, you a unit. The guy just has it there, mate. Waterfront unit. Waterfront unit, mate. What about the balcony? Mate, it's unbelievable. He's, so this guy rewarded you for, you know, sticking up for him, you know, when, mate, he, when he was a Kid, mate, when he's a kid, brother, yeah. we're, we're like 14, you know, down the beach and stuff. Mate, mm. we're all like, I'm 51 next month, mm. you know what I mean? Like, so this is this that beautiful? remembers that, yeah. Like, you know, like, like I used to, not everyone does, eh, mate? No, no, mm. no, 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 a lot of people forget a lot yeah. of things, yeah. mate. Don't worry about that. He rewarded me that. Dad gave me a car. I bumped into my other mate, Nick, who I'm in business with now, yeah. yeah. So, Nick, that's who this is. Who so, I'm what are you doing? What are you doing the business with? I helped the boys when they come out of jail, mm. I put them onto my mate who owns a scaffolding company. Mm. So and then what we do is uh, he hires the boys out. So we so we do that. You give them an opportunity yep. to get some skills, get some employment, yep. to reestablish themselves. Well, yeah. Fucking what a winner! But everyone needs a hand. Not not not, not everybody is lucky as me. Like, mm, like same. You're out and about now. You've been out for a while, mate. I I, I follow you on social media, you're making it look romantic, but it's really <laughs> pleasing. And it's like you know you're surfing here and you're surfing there, and there's a few like photos that make you look like a bit of a male model there, mate. I think it's a <laughs> modelling career. There. Stop it! You're fluffing me up. No, 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 no. It's, it's really pleasing, brother, because I see and I, I'm aware of the work that you do with the kids down at the beach and, you know, a lot of people are benefiting from you being in the community and, and a lot of people are benefiting from your experience, you know what I mean, going through that, you know, 
you know, you've done your jail uh, with honour, you didn't inform on anyone or, you know, you're a man of, uh, you know, the, uh, plenty, you know, highest integrity and, you know what I mean, you're someone definitely, you know, a, a guy that I've just got enormous respect for and, you know, it's really pleasing to see that you've really um, embraced your freedom and, and your happiness. I mean, man, there's not a day's jail left in you, mate. There's fucking, mate, you, you're just too smart for a brother. Well, mate, you know what, I... I just love the freedom. Like I just I, like like I've never been an ungrateful person. Mm, you know what I mean? Massive, it, right? You know, and I just I just feel when it all went down, right? You know, I got my fucking mother and partner fucking sell a house on me, take whatever little cash mm. there was. There, just fucking grubs. Mm. They were like, oh, you can't speak about. You know I mean, when your mum steals from you, like fucking mm. steal it from her partner, like steal from you, mm. my ex partner, just spending every cent that she could possibly get a fucking hands mm. on. Yeah. So at the end, mate, I come out. It was like. Like you know when you go on escort, man, you mm. got two. You're only allowed two tubs. Yeah, That's two what tubs. I came out to. Yeah, yeah. Fucking two tubs. I'm really. I just been stripped naked, like mm. completely stripped naked from all these people that were supposed to love me. You know, mm. man, I haven't spoken to my mum. I never will. I, I never, mate. Like to, to do that to me while I'm sitting in jail, while I looked after them mm. for so many years, take that from me. Mm. Like and, and do that to your own son? Like, yeah. seriously? Like, who does that? And the thing what they've got, and I've had it happen to me in business. I had a girl work for me and just, she was meant to be paying my tax and she fucking stole. And they take advantage of the fact that you won't go to the police. It hurts, hey, when someone takes Mate, it was, mate, it, it, her, the, her partner, we end up fucking punching on mm. uh, after a souse and roosters game at the stadium because it all come to a fucking head and they got caught out. Was this after you got out of jail or? Man, this is this is mate, this is years oh, before jail. Yeah, yeah. Bro, this is years before jail. Yeah. And the kids, the grandkids, and my aunties kept on trying to beat the brokers in the middle. And mm. uh, eventually, we you know we come around and stuff like that. And I go, mate, fucking eighty grand you stole from me. Hey, we're gonna have to wind it up. Yeah, bro. Uh, mate, it's been that's a pleasure, bro. It's always fucking good kicking it with you. Yeah, thanks, it's, bro. It's just some people in life you chime with and you're one of them you know what I mean some people that <clears throat> have a tendency of uh, making you feel like you've known them your whole life and um, you're definitely one of those people in my life mate dead set pleasure to see you living the dream and, and just doing those things you love of your surfing and your kid you know what I mean and and, and, the, and the community and being an asset because you are you're known as an asset to the community that you live in so mate, Thanks, that's, mate. that's a pleasure mate I should appreciate that mate, no, you, mate know? I, I, and you know what and I, I dare say you and I are going to do plenty of work with this sort of reintegration for prisoners and that, that sort of stuff that I'm getting yeah. you're one of my fucking first picks you know what yep. I mean I know you don't want to shake hands with screws and I respect that nah, I can't <laughs> it's just, <laughs> man, I remember I had that combo away it's, it's like when I was doing the thing with the boys I, mate, I just can't can't do that. Like yeah. you, 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 I know people go, you got to get over it. There's mm. just no need for a lot of things yeah. that they do. You know, so I don't fuck, I'm not shaking. Part of what I'm doing is um, sort of staff training. So yep. I'm happily trying to break that sort of system. And that's part of what I'm getting recruited to do to sort of get rid of that indoctrination where they fucking, when they come with all the good intentions in the world and the old fucking hardheads break them down. And so hopefully we can sort of. You know, with yourself, sort of help blokes reintegrate because you, what you're doing with the scaffold, and that's really, really good. And you know what I mean? It's a treasure, mate. It just shows you what's in your heart. You've got fucking love and kindness in your heart. And fuck, I tell you what, a lot of these people in authority have none of it. So, hey. one thing, mate, you are my friend. You're fucking, you're one of the fucking good ones. Thanks, mate, Russ. I'll fucking pressure. Likewise, brother. Thanks,